I definitely had a choice on what I wanted to do, but it was like, if I decided to stay and not expand, you know, which for me would have been staying smaller in that instance, then I wouldn't really have been content. Welcome to today's episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Quirins Coaching, LLC. I'm your host, Bridget Quirins. My mission for this podcast is to help you flourish by exploring how ordinary people are using their strengths in extraordinary service to the world and inspiring you to do the same. If you hang out in this community of dynamic visionaries long enough, you might just find yourself transformed. Subscribe now and check us out at quernscoaching.com. Today, we get to spend some quality time with Whitney Nicole. She is a powerful spiritual channel and coach who, like I, is also passionate about activating her clients into their purpose and helping them live a more abundant life. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Whitney. Thanks, Bridget, for having me. I'm really excited to get into the energy and the story. Yeah, me too. We Speaking of which, we had such a beautiful conversation last week and Something that really stuck with me was the intensity with which you pursued your purpose, even when that meant leaving behind a successful business that you had built from the ground up. So would you share more about what that journey was like for you? Yeah. So to even back up the story and give a little bit more context of like before becoming a therapist, I always feel like it's a good thing for people to understand. It was like who I was you know, and, and still am, um, was somebody who was, was always tapping into the alignment or always moving in the direction of alignment. That was kind of like who I feel like I was always created to be in this lifetime. And when I was younger, it was definitely a, a little bit of a confusing identity piece because I would be able to pick up on energy in the room, energy within people and situations. And, it was like almost like asking why a lot or trying to get clarification a lot. That was kind of like at that stage in my life, my way of trying to bring more alignment to these types of uh, feelings and sensations and energetics. And I think, um, you know, we talk about alignment. It's kind of like, I think it can be a little bit scary or intimidating for people. And, you know, at that time in my life, when I was growing up, I think it was really, Uh, sometimes a challenge to always want to kind of bring an alignment to have this kid who wanted to bring this alignment in. (laughs) So um, ultimately, I feel like this had a big to do with why I decided to pursue a career as a therapist. I think to me in my mind, like that was the profession that was presented in front of me to bring things into alignment, to understand maybe why things were not in alignment. Um, why people suffered, why people stayed stuck. Um, And so there was a lot of like, it was very intriguing to me to move into that space to get some of these questions answered and then to hopefully be a part of the solution, you know, to, to why these, these energies were showing up this way. And so after I get into the therapy field and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working with people or we're, we're really just in there together. I feel like it was such an incredible training ground to like um, be with people through all their stuff that would come up, all of their blocks, all of their 
barriers, strongholds, patterns, like their conditioning, everything. It's, I feel like we, as therapists, we just learn so much from being right there with them and learn about our, you know, ourselves and our own stuff and our own journey. Um, but there did come a point, it was probably like the, the last two years of doing this, of doing therapy, where I was really getting this nudge to like, okay, I need to give myself a greater permission to bring forth my spirituality as a part of this work, like as a part of the greater work. Um, and so when I was doing, when I had, when I was in private practice and I was um, working with my clients, spirituality definitely was a part of it, not with each and every client. And I always kind of felt like um, there were certain limitations as to like how deep I could move into it because I would, was worried, like if I, you know, were to go into certain realms of spirituality, that that could then, it just could be tricky as far as um, liability or, um, you know, what the profession deems is like evidence-based and is okay or not okay. So (laughs) for me, it was kind of like I was busting out beyond sort of my space that I had created in my office and sort of the, the business that I had set up. Um, and that, that was just for me personally, it was like, okay, I'm feeling the nudge to expand. I felt like, my spiritual guidance team on the other side, they just kept presenting things to me over and over again. It was like, you can run, but you can't hide. And I definitely had a choice on what I wanted to do, but it was like, if I decided to stay and not expand, you know, which for me would have been staying smaller in that instance, um, then it was like, I, I would have been, I wouldn't really have been content. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think contentment is a good indicator of following the correct path or knowing which path we're supposed to take in life. Yeah. When you brought up your spiritual journey that goes alongside this, yeah, what did that look like for you as a child? What was your experience with that? And then how did you grow into that as an adult? So my introduction to spirituality source, um, you know, varying levels of, of spiritual consciousness, Christ consciousness was through the church. So that was how my mom also, you know, we were both introduced to spirituality, my mom and my family. And so in the church, it was kind of the same thing. It's like, here I am, this attuned to alignment child I'm in this building with other souls and there's spiritual activities going on, some of which felt aligned and some of which didn't always feel aligned. But I didn't have, you know, as a kid, you don't have as much power and authority to say, you know, what gets to happen, where you go, how often. I just remember um, always trying to kind of seek the highest version of what, you know, God was intending or what this really was. It just like the purity, like the straight, the straight source plug-in. And um, (laughs) there was a lot of hurdles with that. You know, it was like, there was, sometimes it felt like there were a lot of other things that were coming into play. Like I was being pulled over here, like uh, organizational things, like, you know, the programs and the these all these pieces these activities showing up to retreats and things like that and so 
um, that was definitely my first introduction. And it wasn't until I was, let's see, I was already out of college. Um, so I was already an adult when I started to um, explore what I like to think of as like the expand, the expanded version of that. Um, Cause I don't necessarily think it there, it, the things that I got from the church were wrong or negative, but it was like an expansion. It was like a continuation. It was like, okay, there's more, there's, there's more here, but I definitely had to go um, outside of the realm of what the church initially told me was okay to get, to find these things. Um, I actually had started working with a shaman who integrated different cultural pieces like Limpia, which is like, it's kind of like we get into like the curandera, like the cleansing with the egg. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that one, but that comes in from the um, Latina, Latino tradition a lot more. Um, but he also worked in angelic realms and he worked um, with past life regression, all kinds of things. And so it was like when I would work with him, it, it honestly it felt like home because a lot of the stuff, it was like my, my soul kind of already knew and understood, but I was catching up um, because I didn't get all of that information at the church. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? At my church, and I can't speak for everyone's church, but, you know, just at least for mine. And so um, there were things like that. And there's so many stories. There's so many, there's so many pieces. I had worked with different shaman and healers readers and seers and oracles, people who are tapping in, in in different avenues. And it was kind of like, I just walked up to them and was like, hi, my name is Whitney. Um, I think I need to know something about how you're tapping in and like, can we work together? And so this was all playing out. And like, even at my house, I had my own little, my spiritual room there with my husband where um, I had all my tools and modalities set up. It was where I did my meditation. And then I would get ready in the morning and go to my therapy office, put my blazer on and <laughs> and go do some cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> um, so the, it bled over, obviously, you know, it bled over with the clients, but it, it did start to feel like, okay, is there, is there going to be a point in time where I can step out in front and say, spirituality is what's leading me first, mm. not cognitive behavioral therapy or, you know, any other modalities coming through, you know, psychology or anything. And not to say that these things are bad. That's definitely not the the message or the essence of this. It's like, because I feel like everybody, like we all press in at different places. Um, my mom is a therapist now and she loves it. Um, and that is just her realm of spreading light mm. you know it was just that for me it was like I was holding back and hiding that that was a huge piece also like a part of the catalyst of like okay it's time for more I was just afraid I was really afraid I was like there's some of this stuff is really hard to explain yeah. <laughs> it's so hard and I mean, in the clinical world, there's a lot of uh, literature to help explain why we're approaching healing or um, change in a certain way with clients, why we're, and so I think I had kind of rested on that for quite a while. 
Um, and I kept the other stuff just to myself. <laughs> yeah. What was your biggest fear when you did decide that you were going to fully step into that? One of the biggest fears was being taken care of financially. The other, there's two that go side by side. It was like the financial piece, which is kind of like um, all tied into like um, abundance mindset, which is manifestation, which is there's also some things in the lack mindset category that would come in like also lack of faith, those types of things all kind of wrapped up. But I would say what was stepping forward in a more tangible way was the money. That was the thing. It was like, how am I going to, I I wanted the blueprint of how to build it now. You know, it was like, then I'll go, then I'll, you know, start taking the steps to like get rid of my office and close my practice. And so uh, money was a big thing. Um, support. It it was really just the wanting to control it, wanting to feel the sense of security. I was like, just give me the security. Sure, I'll do it. Why not? Nope. <laughs> I feel like the fifth dimension was saying, um, my guides are like, so so this is the this is a new currency of security, Whitney. <laughs> oh my <like>, what? <laughs> really uh yeah and it was like it's like faith and tapping in and um becoming a stronger channel because once you do that you're able to get receive you're able to to receive the insights and the it was like the right next step so it was like really shifting of a whole way of doing things instead of like okay here's my two to three year business plan or whatever it's like okay, your blueprint is becoming so attuned that you can receive and sink into the present moment and trust and rest assured that like with each download you get, that is exactly it. That is the step. And that's going to lead into the next and the next and the next. Um, So there was a lot of resistance to that for like a year. I'm just over here nodding like a bobblehead right now because- (laughs) I can identify so strongly with number one, really feeling like I need that sense of control in my life and a huge piece of stepping into what I believe is, is my purpose and my passion was surrendering that control to, to a large extent. And then Mm -hmm. also the sense of faith and trusting that each next step you receive Mm-hmm. is the right one. And every single time it happens, I'm able to look and go, you know, this blew me out of the water. It was so much more than I imagined it was going to be. And I feel more strongly and more strongly and more strongly each time. But there is a very large component of of faith in that, in knowing that when you receive this information, sometimes it can feel like um, you know, God, are you sure that's what you want me to do next? Because that just sounds crazy. Like that does not sound like something that I operating in, in my head knowledge would ever do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess I'm going to back up and talk about um, like defining spiritual and spirituality for a moment, because a, a lot of listeners to this podcast 
maybe perhaps don't have a good definition of that. Or when we talk about these things, they want it to tangibly be applied to perhaps a more mundane life situation. And it totally can be. It doesn't have to be stepping into your spiritual calling. Um, so when I when I say spiritual in the broad sense, what I'm saying is someone's spirituality is just the way in which they frame their existence. So for each human, it's a very personal term and It involves their thoughts or feelings about their humanity and their relationship to a higher power or not even a higher power, but just a deeper meaning. And that is very unique for each person. So for one person, that spirituality could mean they're just on a mission to make the greatest good out of this life. And they don't know what they believe about anything beyond that. And that's great. And for another person, it could mean that they believe that they are an infinite soul that is a fragment of this one ultimate being. And their purpose is just to live in alignment with their soul's calling. So spirituality encompasses the widest array of core beliefs I think humans can have. Mm -hmm. And then when I work with clients, obviously there's a broad range of topics we cover. Um, There isn't always an overtly spiritual current to the work that we're doing, at least for me and my clients. Um, But what I found is that a person's identity, like their deepest sense of self is going to spill over into the way they think, which is going to create the actions that they take and which is then going to produce the results that they experience in their life. So that being said, there is actually always a spiritual element to even the most mundane circumstances because it's wrapped up in our identity and that's rooted in our spirituality. So I guess all of that being said, (laughs) uh, how do we functioning as coaches balance Mm -hmm. our primary call, which is really to just partner with our clients in thinking and in doing the work, but Mm -hmm. also serve them at the deepest levels of their humanity? Love the question. Also love what you said. What stood out to me was like, there's this, when you really stop and think about it, there's a spiritual current running through every and all thing. Now it's a spectrum, right? There are some people who are seeking it through, like, I think you termed it like the more like the mundane, right? There's, but there's spirit in everything in a cell phone in a cup in a television in a song. And when, when I was telling my story about the expansion of God, it's like, this is exactly what I'm talking about in that um, some schools of thought um, may say like, okay, God is only in the godly things. But as we just established, it's like, everything is an extension of creator. And so it's in all things. And so to go back to your question, like when clients step forward, it's like, because I'm tapping in to spirit in the light, it's like, I can meet anyone, you know, where they're at, where they're coming in at and see them. It doesn't mean that I'm bringing where I'm at and forcing that into where they're at, but it's more like, what is their need? 
Mm-hmm. You know, like what, where, what, where they're perceiving, where their frequency is operating, where their intention is, where, what their desires are, what is their vision, like these types of things. And so initially it's like being a good listener and being for me on this end, it's like being someone who can really meet someone right? It doesn't mean I have to agree or that I have to be matching them in terms of what my life looks like. That doesn't even matter. You know, it's like, it's, I'm going to tap into the light and channel the light for them where they're coming in at. And it's a joy. It's a joy to do that. I will say it's a little bit more tough when I was in the therapy field, but I think that was because I don't think I was personally tapping in to the light at the level I am now. So it was like bringing in this thought, more thought or mental space orientation to it. Whereas like, you know, in the, in my training as a therapist, we didn't get more of the kind of like ascension level tapping in part of our training. Um, Yes. Meeting the client where they're at, but it's like, you can, your capacity to do that, I think comes into play with where you're tapping in at. And I didn't, I don't think I really realized that at first. So it's like going high mentally is one realm to draw from, to meet people where they're at, but then going high in a light realm to me is more of an unconditionally kind of loving, all encompassing infinite well that never dries up type of, let me meet you where you're at. Well, it's been helpful for me. I can't speak for other coaches. It's yeah. Been yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, when I, when I onboard clients, I always like to have a conversation with them where we feel each other out and figure out, is this relationship right for both of us? And I, I strongly suggest that when, when clients meet with a coach that they're considering working with, that they do that. And I think they'll find when someone is operating on that higher more light-filled level that they'll experience that and they'll know that and it will feel more aligned, like you said, to bring back that word of alignment. Mm -hmm. And I trust that wherever a client goes will be the correct spot for them. Whomever they work with will be the right fit for them. But there's also a part of me in this place where I am now that isn't like fighting for those relationships or business. I really, truly want the correct, That's right. the correct relationships and the correct clients. Right. So I will work just as hard to find the correct fit for someone. If it's not me as I will to serve someone who does choose that it is me. And mm-hmm. I think that is a big component component of working at this higher level energetically. Oh my gosh, you are talking so much good stuff. (laughs) I mean, yes, yes, yes. And especially in the industry, the helping industry, therapy, coaching, whatever, it's like, I think it's a beautiful, freeing privilege and experience to be able to say, okay, like I can truly be led by the light of this, even when it comes to bringing people in. And when, when you, take that approach, you're really allowing what needs to come through the aligned thing, rather than trying to control it. If a client steps forward with interest, like 
Hey, you know, I think you might be right for me. And you're like, let's, let's move through some energy and let's see, and let's get to know this a little bit more. And then by the end of it, they're going, yeah, maybe this isn't for me to just be able to feel so aligned and trust that like what, what grace and release I feel what joy, because it's like, it's a, it's a happy feeling, you know, whereas if someone were trying to come from a mental or control oriented place, or like, I need to, you know, close this deal or make this sale. It's like, what are we doing? How, how are we hindering the natural flow of this? Um, so it's like, also, are we getting into a lack mindset that we're not going to be brought our divine right people, you know? There's like all these other pieces at play. And I've definitely felt through that energy, which is why I could speak to it. I felt, I felt through it and it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And- we, we talked about this last time we spoke, but let's, let's touch on that for a moment because you and I both had experiences where we went through courses or, you know, mentorships where we were taught that way of doing business. And, and I, like, I call it, it feels icky to me. And you had an experience. Can you talk about that? What that was like for you? Yeah, it feels icky. It feels disconnected and detached. And um, it was like there was a, the. I think what drew me in was this desire to create abundance in an aligned way. And so somehow in the mental space, it, this is this was the route that seemed to make sense, which <laughs> that should have been my first clue. <laughs> it, it was trying to make it make sense. And then I, I thought that I had found the thing and it made sense. And it's like, oh, so sometimes making sense of things can feel like a temporary peace, you know, a temporary um, security. But, you know, while I was tr- moving through these pieces of like, okay, I was being taught, do this and set up this and set up this and in my mind, it was like, oh, this sounds so un- not fun. This sounds so, I have to drag and force myself into this, which also is another out of alignment indicator. It's like, it's like, it was painful. It was starting to, um, not that experiencing discomfort means that we're out of alignment, but this was breaking me down. Like my light was dimming. Like that was the level I was yielding my light over here and over here and over here and over here. And it was like, I was kind of dwindling down to nothing. It was like unpleasant for people to be around me, unpleasant for me to be around me because it was like, I was stuck in this holding pattern where it's like my true desire was to be in light, spread light. That's all I ever wanted. You know, that's all I ever do want is to like do this work um, and be a part of that. And it was like, I was being told, no, you have to put this and this and this and this and this. And when I would ask for help or say, I'm really struggling, the answer was like, well, you just need to step up to the plate. You just need to show your commitment. You need to stop having a lack mindset and just do it. So I do think sometimes like being very careful and this, this might speak to someone I feel who's listening to this is like sometimes spiritual rhetoric can come into this very masculine misaligned place and it can be confusing. And I think sometimes people are going, well, is this the truth or is this the truth? Because in one, in one way of looking at it, I was being told, 
I just needed to be believe in myself and believe in abundance that I could learn all these things and put these things into place. So on a mental level, it was like, oh, they're right. They're so right. And I was just beating my head more. But if I had gone higher, this is how I'm going to describe it. It's like tapping into soul realm. It would have been a straight up no. You know, just what if, if I would have allowed myself, it was like I had locked myself into a mental limited, like, this is what, how I'm going to get this done. And then um, sometimes I can get really fixed into a tunnel vision once that's set up. So um, in that case, I had to go through what I like, like I had to be shaken for this to shake off. I had to really get down to like, that light was like level one, maybe negative. <laughs> I was like, yeah, everything's falling apart. <laughs> and what I was trying to set up was not attracting anyone also. Mm. So it was like all of these indicators. It was just like, and this is normally my experience. If I'm out of alignment, it's like things just start to unravel in a negative way. They usually don't tend to like yield more abundance, at least not on a foundational level. Um, so yeah, I, I actually started to get physically sick as well. It was like, my body was shutting down. Um, my family members were just watching me like, so confused. Like, this is not her. (laughs) Um, something about fear too. I feel like I want to talk about, and maybe somebody can relate to this. It's like the fear of what we think we'll miss out on or what won't come come to fruition, what won't happen if we move out of this thing that doesn't feel aligned, but you know, maybe in our minds we've told ourselves this is the thing. We've already committed. By the way, I paid over ten thousand dollars to be in this misaligned place with myself. <laughs> but let me tell you, this very expensive, this very expensive lesson was to me it was worth it. Because let me tell you, I will never, I will never do that again. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes we go through expensive lessons. Yeah. That is such, I'd love to repeat that again, because that I think is so valuable for people to grasp onto in any situation, in any place in life, whether it is feeling out a relationship, whether it is a job or a position, whether it is just figuring out your spirituality, any situation you can apply that test to, which is, is this good discomfort. In other words, am I moving from one place to another in this sort of beautiful transition and transformation where it's discomfort because I'm essentially allowing myself to become more holy who I am, which is uncomfortable? Or is it that discomfort that I shouldn't even call discomfort? It's misalignment is a better word. And it is actually, it can physically manifest as it did for you. It did for me. I was ill. I was very, very ill. Um, I was told that I was in heart failure, that I had an autoimmune disease that was ravaging my body, but they couldn't figure out what it was. Here's your sign. And I've healed so much in the meantime, 
and I'm not knocking allopathic medicine because it is life-saving, but that's not what the case was for me. The root cause was not being in alignment with who I was supposed to be. And that level of discomfort is scary. It feels isolating. You just know there's a pit in your stomach. Like your energy is not aligned properly and you can feel exactly where it's blocked. And in those situations, that's when the person really needs to seek out either a coach who can help them work through it, a therapist, um, a spiritual director, community of some sort where they can work through these things and come back into the alignment and purpose for their life. And then that can shift into, okay, maybe this isn't as as comfortable of a situation as I'd like, but now that I'm taking steps in the right direction, I feel so much more at ease with the process. Right. Oh my gosh. This is, I feel like this is such, like, I feel like I'm, there's more healing that's coming through for me right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm feeling some shifts happening. It just something about bringing more light into the story of what this is. Yeah. Um, and hopefully other people on the receiving end listening to this can feel it too. Like just a, um, a release and a freedom. And um, cause I think sometimes going through it when you're in the midst of it, it's like, sometimes it's harder to see from the inside. Um, like you had mentioned a coach, you know, when I think of like a coach or some sort of a mentor, it's like they're holding space for you, but they're also a place where it's like, you can kind of like bounce your energy off and then back to yourself to see the reflection of what's going on. I cannot, yeah. I cannot believe you just said that because be- okay. before you just said the sentence, you just said, when you said they can't see from the inside, I got this picture of a, a fetus in a womb and they can't see. It is dark. They're very in terms of sensory inputs, they're very cut off from most inputs. However, I had the picture of the coach or whomever is working with them as the sonographer. And what does an ultrasound do? But it bounces off waves that returns the image to the person who's taking the ultrasound and they can see clearly, I'm getting chills all over, what's going on with the person who's inside in this womb-like environment. And that is so accurate to what you were just saying and what you just said. I like, it just hit me at like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Holy moly, what a visual. Like that is so powerful. That's going to stay with me. (laughs) I can't wait to listen to this back again. Like that is amazing. But it's so true when you're in that, in that womb. And the truth of it is, is we are more connected with God when we are in God's womb in that place than we could even imagine. We are inside of mother God. We are right there. We're connected. Our lifeline is directly connected, but we don't know it. Right. It's like, it's like, we're never not right. We're never left. 
And I think it's in those moments where it it feels like everything is falling apart or going wrong or stuck or breaking down or getting sick. It's like it may the false narrative is like we're alone, we're abandoned, we're, you know, we're 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 lost, we're it's always but it's always right there. Yeah. Um, there's, a, I've, I've kind of come to, to think about it like this because of my own experience. It's like, sometimes it, it feels like there's this dark night of the soul that's taking place before, you know, the sun rises in the morning. And so <laughs> believe it or not, I've gotten to this point where when things feel very murky, it's like the waters and the pond are just so dark. It's like, I know something's getting ready to break in the energy. And I start thanking God then. And it's a kind of an interesting sensation, honestly. It's like, I did the same thing. Yes. It's a dual nature, right? It's like, holy moly, this is uncomfortable. Like, ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, God. Holy moly. The presence of spirit is like coming in. It's like a stirring. Um, and so I, I, I do get these two, these two dual nature things and actually started picking up on this um, a few years ago where it almost felt like sometimes spirit stirring for me, it happens in like the stomach area, like the solar plexus kind of area. And it's like, it almost feels like anxiety. It almost feels like a, oh, oh, what, what, what is that? Oh, oh my God. That's the only way I can describe it. It's like, oh, what is this? Ah. (laughs) Sick. Like it's hard to describe, but it's not like, you know, with anxiety, it's more like this impending doom feeling. But with this, it's like, oh, something's certainly here. Yeah. That's exactly that what you just said, that's exactly what happened to me last night that I told you before we started this conversation and you just pinpointed it because it was sickening and it was right. Exactly where you were describing is where I felt it. It felt like, I think I'm going to get sick. Like I could put my hands right on it and it was a stirring. It was definitely a stirring. Um, and it was very hard because I couldn't quite nail down am I physically not feeling well? Am I just very tired right now? Is, is this bad? Is it good? Is something coming in? How do I pay attention to this experience when it's so uncomfortable? But that's, yeah. Interesting. Cause you had asked it before we jumped on and started recording and I was like, Oh, it'll come through. It was like, in a strange way, it was like, I knew I wasn't even, I was like, because the, the way the energy kind of un, like unfolds, it's like when you and I's energies come together, as it would seem, I feel it now. It's like, I can feel the vibratory, um, like my skin is vibrating. The energy is here. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even, actually didn't even, didn't really even pinpoint when it all kind of clicked and showed up. Um, but along the lines of this conversation of like the spirit stirring, it's like, what I heard was, it's like, this is the moment to press into the light. Cause it's like, it's so beyond what the mind can nail down. Right. And so I've fallen into this as well, where it's like, as soon as what feeling shows up, our first initial response is to like, kind of want to know, 
naturally, right? It's like the body is doing something. There's a real feeling. It's like, what is this? Am I, do I need to go to the urgent care? Like (laughs) what is happening? Um, And when it's spirit, it's like, okay, I know where I need to plug in. And sometimes I find that it's like, I don't, sometimes I'll get some little downloads of, of like, oh, this is coming or it's a part of this. And I'll see like an impression of like a general, like it's a part of this, but maybe not the whole thing. But other times I just feel like my only job is to press into into the light um, and just move into the soul realm as much as I possibly can. And with no guarantees that I'll get any kind of like logical understanding of it at that moment. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if this happens for you, but- when that happens at night and then I wake up, it's like that whole joy comes in the morning is like a real literal thing. I feel like I, I, I get, I have clarity. Yeah. In a lot of, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I felt very rested and peaceful this morning, even though two of my youngest children were in bed with me, they had found their way in, in the middle of the night, (laughs) but it was sort of sweet, you know, waking up to these two little snoring children next to me. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting because I have found this to be a unique challenge for me, um, spiritually and, and working these things out is that my children, you know, having these needy children as part of your life can sometimes feel like a burden. And I, and trust me, I love my children. So no one take this the wrong way, but when you're, when you really know that you need, I need to meditate or I need some quiet time to journal, or I just really need to have a moment of prayer without anyone, you know, tugging on my arm. And you also have to balance taking care of children who very much need you as a, as a parent, that can feel disruptive to me sometimes. And I don't get to talk to a lot of people who have balanced that well, spiritually speaking. So, you know, I don't know if, if someone out there is listening and they, and they feel that just know you are not alone in feeling very weighed down by real life responsibilities and having to hold that at the same time that you're doing this deep work of discovering yourself and developing yourself. It's a challenge and I don't have any wonderful answers for you, but I do want you to know you're not alone in that. I, I love that. I mean, like, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you bring it up through the lens of like, you have your family. And so I am, I don't have children and it's interesting. I, I have my own version of what you're talking about. So naturally it makes me wonder even more how people with a family, I'm like, how, because I find myself the way I would just, I was actually having this conversation last, um, sat this past Saturday with the lady who does Reiki uh, for me. And I said, you know, Michelle, do you ever, I said, sometimes I find that my energy is, I don't know if the word is resistant, irritated, bothered, 
it's like something I where I'm like, I don't know. It's like, a, it can be watching a movie. It can be, it's just like taking in energies outside of the energy that I'm flowing between myself and God. Anything outside to that, it can be taking out the freaking trash, loading the dishwasher. And so my human brain is going, what is wrong with you? This is not even hard. This is nothing. This is just do it and just don't complain. And just, and so I, I remember asking her, am I judging? Mm. When I feel these things, is that what it is? And, you know, she she made me feel better because she, um, she experiences a form of this as well. And she's a person who is, I consider to be very tapped in and lives her life, you know, tapped in from moment to moment, um, which is a flow. But she was saying how, like, sometimes it's like, no, I don't, I need my, I need my boundary. I need my space and being sensitive to energy, Mm. right? It's like not judging, not necessarily judging them. It's like, oh, you're bad or that energy is bad, but being able to pick up on energies that maybe are, are different frequencies that are different and not in alignment with the flow that's, that's percolating in you at that time and wanting to keep that going. It's like not wanting to be pulled out or picking up on. And um, that can happen with, that happens with me with family members. It's like people moving in towards the energy. Hi, I want to come in towards the energy and towards this light filled energy. And then me feeling like um, I'm in a cocoon right now no offense (laughs) to you at any level. This is not personal, I promise. But I've often wondered, I'm I'm going, okay, well, however my life has unfolded, I don't, you know, I don't have children at this stage. I don't know what's to come, but it's interesting hearing you talk about, I'm going, how did God, how does this, how is this going to work? And again, no blueprint has been delivered up (laughs) for that. Yeah. So, I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you, how do you? Um, Something that I've recently started doing is just incorporating, allowing them or inviting them, I should say, inviting is the right word, inviting them into these practices with me. So instead of trying to carve out time to journal on my own, at night before they go to bed, we'll do a gratitude journal together. And I've actually found, it's so adorable. I've actually found pages where they wrote their own things that they were grateful for in my journal. Um, So they've started incorporating that as a practice. And how wonderful and healthy is that for children to be able to see those things and, and do that? We pray together. I talk about why I meditate and how it works for me. I think meditation is very personal practice. So if they choose to want to try that or do that, that's totally up to them. But I meditate in the room with them so they can see how I slow my breathing, how I tune things in or out. Um, what else have we done? Um, I, I pray over them and I, and I work with different energies with them so that they can feel what it feels like to feel alignment or to feel that joy or to feel healing in different areas of their body. Um, 
I talk about, I do different rituals with them, or I talk about why I have crystals in different spaces and what they mean to me. And Mm -hmm. I, and I try to do this all in a way where I'm not forcing them to, to, um, to practice certain things or to internalize certain things, but just inviting them to their own practice. Mm -hmm. So if, if this works for you and, it makes you feel joyful, then wonderful. And if it doesn't, then find your own thing that makes you feel joyful. Um, it's it's difficult, but it's not. I, I made it more difficult than it needed to be. I think I would say I was just trying to find a way to do these things on my own in my own space, and I didn't have that space and time. So mm-hmm. what was my other option? It was either to stop doing them, which is not an option for me, or to right. do them with the children. And now my littlest one, he'll come in in the morning where I have my yoga mat facing the sunrise and he'll do a sun salutation with me. How cool is that? You know, I love it. Um, yeah. So there are ways to incorporate these things um, into our lives, but it's going to look different for every person. And maybe someone does need that space separate and alone. And that's, that's good too, but that's how it works for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. I feel like hearing the different ways, like modifications and things like that are really helpful. Um, Totally. Yeah. Um, Actually, a question I had for you, which really flows nicely here is what practices have you found most helpful in reconnecting, but also in staying connected? Yeah. One of my, um, rituals that I do not deviate from, um, it's a, it's a devotion and a commitment that I've made, um, with myself and God to stay attuned is so in the morning. So I, I keep water by my bed. That's not a part of the commitment necessarily the water part, but that's just for me when I wake up Um, because I, I don't know what I do in the astral realms, like in the sleep state um, stuff is happening. And I usually wake up very thirsty. So it's like a thing where um, it's like, okay, we're not, we're not going on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, email, um, YouTube, just to name all of them. Yep. I <laughs> just cover all the bases because these are the things I plugging myself into. Um, I go, I drink the water. I like, let it like, you know what I mean? Like I start getting into the present moment and then I do sacred chants. Hmm. Um, so years ago I used to do Om, but I do Hue now. Hmm. Um, and I do the Hue chant. I try to do it for like, up to 15 minutes if I can, if, if, if it's not there, then I just won't, I won't. And then right after the chant, I just do the list. I'd listen. Mm. Um, so it doing the chant really raises my vibration and it kind of like, I, I can feel when the shifts are happening or not happening. So it's kind of like, I can tell when I'm on the outer energy level, the way that that's just the way I explain it. It's like, um, versus when I feel like, okay, now I'm on the inside, like it's moving through me in a deeper way, um, which is what usually makes a difference between how long I chant too. Mm. Um, Cause sometimes I don't know, it's just, there's more, maybe there's more layers to move through, or it's just a resistance or a block or something. I just 
who, who, who knows? It's like you wake up and who knows? Um, and so I'm chanting, chanting, and then it's like, okay, we're there. And then I, I just listen and sit back and I can, it's like, feel the vibrational tones mm-hmm. moving throughout. Um, and that's usually where the little drop-ins will come for me. Not that I am requiring that to happen yeah. because it just also feels good to, to tap in and to fulfill the devotion too. And, you know, I can be completely honest. Like there are some days where it it's a little bit harder to move into that. Yeah, um, for sure. You know what I mean? Like the mind is an incredibly strong and powerful thing that we all have. Sometimes it feels, um, disruptive, honestly, the mind It's like, gosh, ah, and so settling in and doing the chant. So for me, the devotion is big because um, it like ensures that I'm putting myself there to move through this energy and receive. And I try not to bring, if I find myself bringing in judgments like, oh, this wasn't as powerful as it was, you know, yesterday, I really try to release myself from that mm. and redirect that. I know that I'm human. The mind is going to do its thing. I know I'm still working through conditioning and karmas and things like that. So I just take all of that into account. Um, Another thing that I use to help me is like, if, if I'm having a hard time pressing in some other gateways are like um, guided meditation that have very high vibration um, or music that has very high vibration and I think it's important to say that like I've been able to determine for myself what's a high enough frequency you know so it's not to say like oh there's a standard that you know I wrote the book on or someone wrote the book on but I feel like every this is a part of like that personalized relationship you were talking about is like to to feel into it because like I can't just like put on like I don't know any like rap music, like some rap music. Okay. But there's just, you know, it's like you, I, you know, it when you're, when you, when you hear it, you know, it for me, I know the frequency when it's the frequency shows up. So there's, I feel like there are levels with different music and different, maybe it's a different artist or maybe it's, you know, the frequency they're, they're moving through on that particular song. And so I, I have some, some ones in my Rolodex that I can pull, pull out. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it'll be like, okay, let me pull out this song, um, this frequency. And then I get there and it's like, that's not the one today. Mm. So it can change. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it depends on where we are and what kind of tuning we need to. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but the the type of music that can draw me in varies very widely, very widely. I mean, last night, for example, I just, for some reason felt like we needed some full orchestra choral music going on. We put on Beethoven's ninth and with this full orchestra and this whole chorus, and it was wonderful. And my children, the two little ones actually just sat there and they were enamored. Like they couldn't move. It was, it was just washing over them. It was so neat. Um, um, 
I can it's, feel that. It's the, it's the ode to joy. Beethoven's ninth is the ode to joy. And it, it just felt like that was right for that moment. But I could put that on now and feel completely disconnected from it. You know, it from moment to moment, from day to day, from frequency to frequency, I almost picture it as I'm a violin player. So mm. when a string is out of tune, the tension it, it, that is needed to get it back into tune is going to be different depending on what it was exposed to. Was it exposed to cold, moisture, um, heat, dryness, uh, indoors, outdoors, you know, what is needed at that moment for that string to get back into tune is going to vary very widely. So, and I, I think of that the same way as I think of ourselves, what is needed to bring us back into the right attunement varies greatly, you know, not just from person to person, but from moment to moment for ourselves. Freaking that is so beautiful. That is so freaking beautiful. I love it. I love how you, you channel this all through. It's so, it's so on and clear. Um, and I, I love the analogy, um, with, with the violin. And I agree. I think that's exactly what my experience has been. Um, I feel like I want to reference, some other music for some reason, maybe there's someone who's going, what else, what else? But um, this might sound a bit odd, but as a kid, so I was always drawn to Disney. Um, and I I used to think that I was attracted to the character storylines with the prince and the princesses. And it wasn't really that. There was some sort of a loving energy that I was picking up on coming through the musical score uh, scores through mm-hmm. Disney. The, the um the music is big and it wasn't until I got older that I started um pursuing like I would search the music the um the, the orchestra the the everything the whole the accompaniments you know it all together and it literally there's a one from um Pocahontas mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with the storyline It's everything to do with this, these vibrational tones that are coming through um, the reprise versions of some of the music from the films. And it's like, Oh, that's what it was. And I was driving in the car. I have like a whole car ministry church worship thing that happens for me. It's like, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) It's the car. It's it's the car. It safe. totally is. It is because I will be stopped at a stop sign with the hands off the wheel. Like, <laughs> like I don't even care who's looking at me right now. I am <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> I'm like, try and stop me. It's on. It's on. Look at me like I'm nuts. It's okay. Yep. Um, but listening to that, and I just swear my heart was bursted open, and it washes over me. It's like it lifts. It lifted me. It was like I was no longer in a dense kind of bodysuit. It was like that. And then um, another one of my favorite ones is um, Hans Zimmer um, for the holiday. The All of the music. Holy moly. It transports me. Mm. It is so... And and, and it's, it is a moment to moment thing. Cause there are certain times where it's like, I'm not being, that's not the attunement that I need. Yeah. Um, but 
I don't know why I wanted to like sharing this. Yeah, <laughs> so- no, I love that. I love that. And, and those are very, um, moving orchestral type pieces that we're talking about, but there are also times when I need, like you said, just chanting, just voices, even even like a Gregorian type chant, even though it's it feels dark, it can be so it reverberates at these lower frequencies. And sometimes there's something stuck there that just needs to shake out or something or shift. Um, another thing I think we need to talk about when we're talking about music and frequency is the fact that as we know it, everything was created from energy and frequency. So literally everything, even this cup, this microphone, are energy at a very dense level. And then as you move up into less dense levels, we've talked about this, but sound and light and things like that are energy vibrating at higher frequencies. So there is something very scientific that we can point to here that happens when things are exposed to frequency. If you just look at water, when it's exposed to different frequencies, it will reverberate in different patterns. So Mm. on a cellular level, we are mostly water. And therefore, when we're exposed to these frequencies, we are vibrating at different patterns. So, you know, there are certain things in spirituality when we talk about them that we can't necessarily point a scientific finger to, but there's a lot that we can. And this is one of those things, I think. I love that. You're really good with these visuals. That's just, that's just how I, that's how I communicate. I think God communicates a lot of metaphor and a lot of visuals Mm -hmm. for me. So it's very effective. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, thanks God. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, absolutely the vibrational the frequency within within everything and I think it's interesting to what move through with that like looking through that lens too it um a few years ago it started to like come into more focus even like with uh, like tangible items like purchases and you know it just all started to um it's like having an intention and picking up on the frequency instead of it being on like autopilot, like I want this or I want to buy this or, you know, this item and like, Oh wow. Like this item on the outside, it looks really beautiful. Some, the frequency isn't, isn't quite there for me. It's not quite it or, you know, or matching or high enough or something. And again, that can be an interesting thing to try to explain to someone if they're not, you know, they don't have a a reference point for that in themselves. But um, that started happening for me a few years ago with like, cause I've always been a fan of like decor. Mm. I like styling home decor and uh, clothing. And it really, I got down, I got my wardrobe down to what I think they call like a capsule wardrobe um, where for me, it was all about high frequency pieces that I want to continue to wear and rotate. Um, and it's, I started to shift in, in terms of just having quantity of things. Um, it was like cleaning out my closet (laughs) in my house and really, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. Because I have been on shopping trips 
shopping is so difficult for me sometimes. I will go in and I'll pick up 25 different things and put them all back because they don't feel right. It is, it's so difficult some days. I just try to avoid it for the most part. Like I'll go grocery shopping. Like everything else is so hard. <laughs> I don't I'm glad I'm not the only one because I'm like, what is wrong with like these people are probably looking like lady, just make up your mind. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is a good metaphor, I feel like, for like how we can experience though, because like we are many of us are interfacing with so many energies that it's like what to do, what to do with all of these energies. And so to be able to empower oneself, I mean, even if it's like, you know what, I'm just not going to the store or whatever, or um, I'm going to go online and I'm going to look through and see, or, you know, what, however it needs to happen, but to take back the alignment, um, that was like, I think on one hand, a few years ago, when I first started to try to implement it, it was like, what am I doing? But then it was like, I had to move into this place where it's like, dude, just give yourself the permission to hold the alignment as it's coming in. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, this is about my alignment, not, you know, theirs. It's like, because people could explain all day to the cows come home, why these these five beautiful shirts are it for me. But if it's like, if the alignment's not there, it's so simple. It's just not it. It's just not it. Thank you so much. I know your intention was was good. Nothing personal. This is the alignment. Great. Sleep well at night. (laughs) It's like, I'm glad I don't, because the, the alternative would be accepting them and accepting the misalignment and going like, okay, on a, on a mental, you know, bodily earth level, these shirts are great. And I have them whoop-de-doo. It's like, okay, but the value isn't really enough because it's out of alignment. And now I have to sit with these shirts. And there's so much more work that we have to do when we accept things that don't energetically fit our lives and allow them into our lives versus just saying no and putting up the boundary in the first place. Gosh. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. So much more work, draining energy. Yep. So I feel like a shift is happening and I want to honor that, but I also have one final question that I, I like to ask of a lot of my guests because I love to give listeners tangible, practical, something they can move forward with or take action on. So how would you suggest someone who's feeling either frustrated or stuck or confused in any area in life go about starting to find some answers? I think the first thing has to be giving yourself permission to come home to yourself. I know this can be easier said than done, you know, and sometimes it's like a part of us knows that we want to go home, but maybe we're not ready because there's stuff out here outside of home that we committed ourselves to or told ourselves or, you know, we paid $10,000 for whatever, you know, or we feel beholden to it. And so if anything, if you can just hear that it's your birthright to go home, to be home to yourself. And so even 
taking a step, maybe it's just even a consideration, taking a step and saying, let me just pause, step outside of this, whatever this realm is that I'm I'm stuck in or I'm committed to. Even if it's like, let's say this this example is just like someone feel, feeling this within themselves, like, um, you know, disharmony or, you know, I don't know if that's a real word, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. out of alignment, like just maybe you feel uncomfortable within yourself and how you feel within yourself. And if you can say, okay, let me pause, breathe, breathe life, use the breath, start breathing. You know, these are like kind of of like basic things that we forget, um, right. This life force and call it back in and just know, like, look, everything else will be there. If we want to go back or attend to it, it's like, just take a moment. If you can at least give yourself that start to breathe you're going to start to remember some things about home and who you are and give yourself permission to, to acknowledge and breathe that in. Um, I actually posted something on my stories yesterday about um, honoring yourself at a deep level. And I just think there's, sometimes it feels like there's not enough reminders that are coming, that are we're exposed to out in the world to show us how to do that. Yeah. Right. So exposing yourself to that within the moment, giving yourself permission to come home, breathe. Um, Something about not worrying and not bringing in this narrative of like, how am I going to get from here to there? I feel like that is a mental requirement of, it was like a disrupting requirement that we human beings just, we do so well. It's like we were, condition to just like, if I don't know how I'm going to get from here to there, somehow the present moment is not enough. If you're coming home in the present moment and you're breathing, you're still here, you're breathing, you know, that it's, it's unfolding right there. It's like, um, that, that, that is the step that is the next step. And it's going to lead into the next breath. which is the next step and the next breath. And for whatever reason, guidance is showing it, showing it like this, because somebody it's like, that's where they're operating at. It's like, we're not even into the meditation practice or the yoga. No, this is it. It is like, I just need to breathe from moment to moment um, and not, you know, hit myself over the head for that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Come back to the breath. I think that is such a fundamental practice that we didn't even talk about and we, we should have, but it's at this point for me and probably for you as well, it's so natural that that's the place I go first. Mm-hmm. It's just that grounding breath. And then you know, we can move. And also I love that you said taking out the piece of having to figure out how that Mm -hmm. is one that stops me up personally, but I'm sure everyone, we have to know how, how is this going to work? How is not for us to know? That's right. If we can just ask ourselves, can I, can I stop and breathe in this moment? Yes, I can. Can I move from here to the next step I need to take. Yes, I can. 
And in those can eyes, the how is going to work itself out and we don't have to know how, but it will happen. That's right. Whew, that was huge. Yeah. That it's not for us to know. I just kept, that is not for us to know um, that the worthiness, the enoughness is already here. And if that can be a part of the permission, it's part of the integration of like, I can come back to the breath. I can come back to this moment. It's like the mind may come in and try to say, oh, that's not enough. Or that's not explanation enough. Or that's not knowing enough. And it's like spirits, like we can release ourselves from feeling like we have to know. Yeah. It's like, gosh, darn it. We don't have to know. Um, And the, the fact that we humans do think that we do know, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is a release of these denser, more ego type energies to be able to say it is a, gosh, it's a, sur- it's a total surrender and it may feel like a weakness, but it's a strength. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability and- is our greatest strength. And I think it's the birthplace of brilliance and invention and creativity. I think learning how to surrender to ego as many times as we, as many times as it takes. I mean, sometimes it's several times in a day and I go, gosh, darn it. That brain of mine is so powerful. Look at it. Go look at it. Wow. (laughs) Not a judgment, but it's interesting to just observe it with like a curiosity, like, oh, shoot. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Look, look at the backflips and how powerful it is. So coming back to the surrender, um, this is something I talk with my clients about a lot and work with them on is like, I think there can be a lot of fear and surrendering and like, I'm left vulnerable. I'm not protected. Where's my shield? What am I going to be opening up myself to? And yet it's like the, the beauty of what you're going to actually receive is so to me is so abundant and my experience has been way more abundant. It's like the foundation in which then things do start to form here in the physical, like um, manifestations coming to fruition. Um, But yeah, the the surrender comes like the way it's like, it comes through is like, baby, just come home. It's like a grandmother, like come home, babe, come you've been, you've been out there for quite some time and you've got a little bit lost and you're doing the best you can. And honey, I've got this warm plate (laughs) and this, this this glass of water, and I'm going to take such good care of you. Just come on home. Mm. And I'm like, when that happens, I'm like, Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot. Grammy. Hold me. like this and then I'm there and I'm like this feels so much better so much better you know it's like now I can think straight (laughs) oh yeah that that thing that I thought was was wasn't and this is what it is it's like oh yeah I don't know how I got all turned around in that um yeah it's it's such a, a place of peace and clarity in them it's like no no pressure to know and figure it out. And strangely enough, 
then all of a sudden things start to be understood. Exactly. So true. Yep. Oh man, I love this. That was so wonderful. What a, I, I, what a neat place to end up. <laughs> I love this so much. Oh, I almost hate to do this, but when I come to the end of my episodes, I throw five rapid random fire, random rapid fire questions at you. And you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. So okay. here we go. What is the funniest thing you've ever seen? Oh my God. The funniest thing I've ever seen. You're asking the indecisive Aquarian to do a rapid fire. <laughs> this isn't going to go well. Oh my God. Um, I, I don't know. Spiritual memes. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Do you, do you sleep better in a hot or cold room? Cold, cold. Mm. What is the most memorable movie you've ever seen? Um, okay. So this one's going to throw people through a loop because, um, I'm not, I'm not a, um, I'm not a big comedy person. Um, I mean, I like, I like comedic movies, but, um, you would naturally think like a drama or something like goodwill hunting, like these things have really touched my soul, but for whatever reason, the cult classic clueless, I love it. literally something that since the first time I saw it has never left me. And it's, there's, I can't, I don't think we have enough time to explain it, Yeah. but oftentimes my guides will bring me into the movies that and uh, cinematic experiences that are like, no one would ever care or think that these movies have made an impact, mm. but there's energetic frequencies coming through them at different lines that the actors are giving off. It's like, it's almost, I'm almost embarrassed to say it if I'm being honest, but that, that movie, we, maybe we could have another episode and I can give yeah. you my whole breakdown of what's happening, but that's, that's what that's. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. You and I both know something is coming where we will need another episode. So it will happen. <laughs> we'll mark, we'll mark it down. It's okay, happening. <laughs> uh, okay. What's, what scares you? what scares me I think in the work that I do I never want to lead someone astray Mm. I am very self-examining with the work that I do and I think it does scare me a little bit Um, I don't know if it's a fear it's something that can be, it's an energy that I have to keep bringing light to, let's say, um, when I'm really moving through my own guidance work with a fine tooth comb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never want it to cause someone to stumble energetically in any way. I love it. That's appropriate. Finally, what is one memory that you replay often? These are really hard questions, Bridget. <laughs> like, how do, do how do other people do with these questions? I feel like I'm tanking here. Same, same way, same way. They're they're very left <laughs> field. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, memory I'll never forget. There's so many. It's like, 
It's like my brain is going through and I'm trying to figure out, man, I don't know why it's so hard. Is it, it, I mean, this is maybe a cop-out answer, but I mean, there's, there's, there's so many memories that I'm flooded with it. Like whenever I think about trying to choose one, it's like, I, it makes me, I can't even remember <laughs> the, it feels like they're hard to remember. I mean, like my wedding day was a memory I'll never forget. Um, getting into my master's program for counseling is a memory I'll never forget. Uh, is this, do these count? Is this okay? Of course they count. <laughs> okay. Of course. It's the first thing that comes to mind. There's no right or wrong answers. So of course. Now it's making me think about what energy just is coming through me. Mm. Great. Now I'm like, that's interesting. Why is that a block? Yeah. Or maybe it's not what's coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Something got prompted. That's good. Yeah. So obviously, I will put all of your links so people can connect with you in the show notes. But is there anything that you'd like to mention, a way that you prefer for them to reach out? Um, so Instagram, if, if anyone is listening and wanting to dive deeper into their own unfolding or get support in any way, DM Instagram and intervive tribe is always a great way or, um, hello, um, at hello at whitneynepole.com is another, it's my email. That's another, just another direct way. Um, and then I think you're going to include the link for, um, it's a, it's a divinely guided kind of methodology, a practice. It's a series of videos I put together to introduce you to some of this work uh, at a foundational level. And there's a button at the end of that too. So if anyone were interested in, um, I'm very open to chatting with people at no, no pressure, no obligation, but just to kind of see what needs to come through and what the next step might be. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds amazing. This was beyond what I could have hoped for. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me in. This was amazing for me as well. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you.